Hello and welcome to this edition of the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central for all your pathway-related content. Visit draftcentral.com.au. I'm Matthew Cox. Great to have your company as we review round five of the NAB League Girls competition. Joining me to do that is the Chief Editor of Draft Central, Peter Williams. How are you, Pete? Yeah, really good. It's been a huge weekend of footy, both boys and girls, and I can't wait to kick off with the, uh, the girls today. Plenty to talk about. As I welcome Sophie Taylor into the program as well, the women's footy editor of Draft Central. A couple of teams got their first wins on the weekend. Yes, it was an exciting round. So, yeah, keen for the rest of the season. Let's start with our round five review. The Calder Cannons defeating the Murray Bushrangers. A seven goal to two first half set the Calder Cannons up for a 27-point victory against the Murray Bushrangers with Georgie Prasparkas and Georgia Patrikios leading the charge. Yes, it was a very good win to Calder. They took the lead early and kept the Bushies scoreless in the first quarter. Um, So it was a nice, strong start. And obviously they kicked the nine goals. So Calder will be pretty happy with that. Um, It was a little bit of an inaccurate um, game. They kicked the seven behind, so could have extended that lead. But um, they did a really good job. the likes of Alana Barber, Georgie Prasparkas, obviously Georgia Patrikios too. The three of them kicked five goals together. Um, Alana Barber had the 21 touches, four tackles. Um, Prasparkas with 16 disposals. Patrikios with 24 touches and five tackles. And then you've got the likes of um, Sophia McCarthy, Millie Brown, Mindy Quaid, who really put in the hard yards for Murray. Um, McCarthy kicked the three goals. Millie Brown had 15 disposals. Mindy Quaid had a goal and 11 touches, five marks. So it was a pretty good effort by Murray, but they unfortunately just let it go in the first half and that's really what lost them the game. So we head across to the Dandenong Stingrays and Geelong Falcons. The Falcons surviving an early scare to continue their dominance over the competition, defeating the Dandenong Stingrays by 16 points. Yeah, I I was really torn uh, looking at the scores as this game went along because I remember last week uh, I'd mentioned how Stingrays were a contender, but then I also remembered how Soph tipped Stingrays. So I was really (laughs) torn whether I wanted them to win or not. By the end of it, I was like, I don't know how this is going to go. But at the end of the day, look, Geelong just got it done once again. Like Stingrays, when they were 3-4-22 to 0-0, I was kind of thinking, wow, they've really kicked off. But then Geelong just chiseled it back. They didn't do too much at once. And then once they got ahead at three-quarter time, uh, they, ju- they just got it done. They kicked three goals to one in the final term and, and just did what uh, you'd expect such a great team to do. And um, I guess they really shared it around. Poppy Shap uh, had the three goals, 17 touches, uh, three marks and four tackles. Uh, Lucy McAvoy was best on ground, led from the front with 20 touches, six tackles, four inside 50. She really led that charge. Um, Paige Shepard, Darcy Maloney were other ones that were terrific uh, for... The Stingrays, Tyana Smith again, uh, she's been great through that midfield. Uh, Georgia Grimm is one to watch in the future. She's still quite young, played V-Line Cup last year. And, of course, Isabella Shannon and Molly McDonald had the 13 touches each, and they're both St Kilda pre-listed recruits. So they were quite good. Uh, all in all, it's probably what you'd expect. Danny Long gave them a, a good run for their money, but Geelong at the end of the day are, are Geelong, and they're a terrific side, and they're you know reigning premiers for a reason. The Sandringham Dragons, Sophie, broke through for their first victory of the 2019 NAB League season, beating the Oakley Chargers by a goal in an arm wrestle at the funky Trevor Barker Beach Oval. (laughs) This was another really interesting game. Um, Again, a team that was really plagued by 
some inaccuracy in front of goal. Um, Sandy had a really good lead in um, at the end of the first half. They kicked the four goals in the first half. Um, but really, it was Oakley's middle thirds, their the middle quarters, sorry, their effort in the in that kind of middle half of the game that was really, really strong. Um, they really fought back into it. Um, and yeah, it was it was a close one in the end. Um, but yeah, you had the standouts. Um, it was pretty even across the board for Sandy with Alice Burke, Winnie Langan, Sarah Hartwig um, having 15, 16 and 14 disposals respectively. Um, Burke had the nine tackles. Um, Lang had the three inside 50s, which was just fantastic. Um, Sarah Hartwig with five marks, five rebound 50s and four tackles. Um, and then on the other end, uh, Oakley, Alana Porter kicked the two goals um, with the 12 touches, four marks. Mimi Hill with 26 disposals, four marks, five tackles. And Nicola Zenos with 18 disposals, three marks and two tackles. So it was a really, really good effort in the second in the second half, really, from Oakley. Um, but unfortunately, Sandy just took the lead early and did not let go of it. The next match was described by our very own Peter Williams as the best performance of their short history with the Bendigo Pioneers defeating the Gippsland Power by 62 points. Elizabeth Snell kicking five goals for the Pioneers while the Power were only able to get one behind on the scoreboard. Thanks for stealing my leading line there, Coxie. That was going to be what I ran with, so now I've got to think of something else. Uh, yeah, agile the... and making you work <laughs> on your feet. That's it. The uh, pioneers. I was blown away. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Gippsland did struggle with the wind, and obviously, that uh, pioneers can you can't take anything away from them. They were completely dominant on the day, and you know the, their midfield: um, Annabelle Strawn, Brooke Hards, Hannah Stewart, Maeve Tupper, um, all really dominated. They were the four big ball winners throughout the day. They had you know. What's that? 46 between Strawn and Hards in terms of disposals and 11 tackles, six inside 50s. Uh, they really created, got it forward. Hannah Stewart was named best on for them. Kick, uh, had 19 and kicked a goal. Could have had a couple more, six inside 50s. My best on for the day, though, certainly Elizabeth Snell kicked five goals from 14 touches, five marks. Just kept creating. Missed a couple as well. The wind was quite uh, challenging as you can see from the halftime score at 213 they had so many chances and realistically they almost looked like they were going to kick 100 points they were that sort of dominant and like Gippsland to their credit never gave up like the score doesn't really reflect how much they worked and tried and continually tried to get the ball back inside 50 they were awarded with the point I was so happy they got a score because I was they didn't deserve to go scoreless I would have liked them to get a couple couple of goals on the board but Bendigo's defense was just terrific uh, you know, the midfield dominant and they kicked the goals. And certainly I think it might be the best Bendigo performance I've ever seen. Notwithstanding some of the boys this year, it might even top that because these girls have gone through a lot. They, they had the one win last year and otherwise they had some pretty bad defeats. And to see them win so convincingly um, was must have been really good for Bendigo because they have suffered through a lot. So to see them all come together, you know, Mildura, Achuka, all those kind of girls come together and have such a great win was terrific. And I, I think Gippsland will get there. The Like I said, the score didn't reflect their effort because they tried really hard. But, yeah, Bendigo are, are, are very impressive. Why do you think that is? Because we've seen in the boys' competition that they've had a f good start to the season. Pioneers are looking a lot better in the NAB League girls. What's changed? Well, I think both 
sets of uh, boys and girls had very young teams last year. They were mostly, you know, 16, 17-year-olds rather than their 18-year-olds. And now they had, a, you know, tough seasons and now they've come through and they're the older ones and they're leading the charge. And, and Bendigo's V-Line Cup girls squad, the 15, 16s, were very strong last year. So there's a few of them coming through. Someone worth mentioning, Tara Slender, will be a player to watch uh, in the future. She's still a couple of years away from being eligible to be drafted. So she's in that Presparkus age bracket. Um, key defender, really clever, really smart. Had three rebounds, 10 touches, which is very good considering the ball didn't go near her that much. So she's very clever and I look forward to her coming through. And like, I mean, I thought it's also worth mentioning for Gippsland, I, I realised I forgot, was Chandra Abraham played really well. Eight tackles, 12 touches. Madison Shaw stood up, nine touches. Uh, Matilda Van Berkel was their best with 16 coming out of defence. She um, held up well, had 13 hitouts as well. So there were a few that stood up, but all in all, Bendigo were just too good. A three-goal to zero final term set the Western Jets up for their first victory since round five, 2018. And Sophie's got a little stat for that in a moment's time. Defeating the GWV Rebels by 22 points at Downer Oval, Williamstown on Sunday. Yes, so nice little stat that Pete brought to our attention before the podcast giving started. Off, that's you're, something you would have done, Coxie. Give <laughs> no. credit where it's due. Would have yeah. taken it all Look to at me go. Um... Yeah, so Western are undefeated on April 7th. Last year they beat Eastern and yep. this year they have beaten GWV Rebels. It was a really tight game for the first three quarters. Um, but Western, to their credit, really pulled away in the final quarter, kept the ball down there in for most of the last term and that really um, gave them the win. Um, the likes of Isabel Pritchard, um, Isabella Grant were fantastic for Western. Pritchard was amazing off half back. Um, she had the 19 disposals, six marks, seven tackles. Um, Grant had 25 disposals, five marks, five inside 50s. Um, and then there was Laura Wright on the end of a lot of those kicks inside 50 um, with three goals and three tackles of her own. So they had a really effective um, forward line. Um, and Elizabeth Georgia Stathis was also really dominant, especially in the last quarter. Um, she had a really nice um, snap on goal in the final quarter and unfortunately didn't make it. But um, it was a it was a really good game from Western. Um, and GWV, they were really good. They had a really good first three quarters. The last quarter, um, they were without um, Nike Dojiok, Um she was amazing off half back in the first half. Um, she had the six rebound 50s, 12 disposals, but she did um, leave the ground in the middle of the, uh, middle of the third quarter um, and then came back on in the last um, full forward. So she didn't get a lot of touches in the last quarter. Um, then there was Sophie Mullen, Nikayla Butler, who both had really good games um, for the Rebels. Mullen with 20 disposals, six inside 50s, three tackles. Butler with 11 touches, six tackles, three rebound 50s. And I think um, the Rebels had a really, really strong game. They showed some really good signs, but the pressure that Weston put on the ball was just phenomenal. And yeah, it was a really exciting match. Final game of round five saw the Northern Knights defeat the Eastern Rangers. Despite the Rangers leading at quarter time, they were held scoreless in the final term to see the Knights run out 24-point victors. Knights continued their undefeated streak. Uh, you know, the Rangers did get the jump on them early and then they managed to just peg them back a little once the Knights got ahead. So they were only sort of seven points down at the final break. So they were well within the contest, even at that three-quarter time uh 
I guess, period. And then the Knights do what they do best in the final term and kicked a couple of goals. They could have had a few more, kicked two goals, five to uh, nothing, kept them scoreless and ended up winning the game uh, in the end by the four-goal margin. So they did quite well, got the job done and uh, another win in the bank for them. Gabby Newton, again, terrific, 23 touches, three marks, three rebounds. Uh, Brittany Gutnick, 20 disposals, uh, eight insides, 56 tackles and a goal. Ali McKenzie kicked a couple of goals from 15 touches. And for Easton, Tess Flintoff had another 20 touches. She's had a great season. Five marks, five tackles, and the same inside 50s and rebounds. Uh, Tani Brown, again, 15 touches. Serena Gibbs, 13 touches and looked quite strong through the ruck with eight hitouts. Uh, and Maeda Kendall as well with the 12 touches. So there were plenty of uh, things to like about Easton's performance. And similar to Dandy, I guess, in a way, you sort of got what they expected. They came, they pushed them. In the end, the better team won on the day, but it showed that Easton has plenty of potential for the future. So after five rounds, the Geelong Falcons remain on top of the ladder, two points clear of the Northern Knights with that draw in hand. The Calder Cannons sit in third, a further two points behind the Knights. And then a bit of a log jam. You've got Dandenong Stingrays, the Eastern Rangers and Bendigo Pioneers all sitting on 12 points. Oakley, courtesy of their draw, sitting with 10 points in seventh. And to round out the top eight, the Murray Bush Rangers with eight points, two wins so far this season. We'll preview round six of the NAB League girls competition very shortly here on the Final Siren podcast, thanks to Draft Central. But we're now going to have a chat with Millie Brown from the Murray Bush Rangers. Pete, what can you tell us about her? Yeah, Millie Brown's a uh, obviously uh, key position utility, can play through the midfield. Uh, for Geelong fans, she's a potential father-daughter selection, a daughter of Paul Brown. So uh, we know how Murray, uh, well, they had the relationship with Richmond, but certainly they've got some over at Geelong as well. Beck Webster went there. So um, she's a potential father-daughter selection there. So, uh, you know, she's uh, goes around, wins plenty of the ball. She had 27 touches the week before, so she knows how to win it. And uh, she's a great leader at the club. So let's hear from her now at the NAB League testing day. So just a few questions. So, yeah, that's you know, cool. how did you uh, begin your footy journey? Um, so I started uh, about Auskick, so like with the boys and then travelled through and changed to the girls. Yeah. And what's your most favourite thing about playing footy? Uh, probably just the people around it. A lot of my best mates have come um, that I've met through footy. So, yeah, probably just the girls. And what are you looking at developing more this season? Um... Ooh, probably like my contested ball um, and as well as just ensuring that I'm a good leader for my team because, um, yeah, we we need some leadership out there. Um, it was a difficult game on the weekend, so, yeah, really keen to help the girls out. And you said it was a difficult game, so what are you help, hoping to build on in the coming weeks? Um, probably just a bit of intensity, like helping the girls get up and about. Um, we had a lot of debutantes and um, fresh faces into our first game, so it would be really good to um, help bring my experience to the team and just help get their attitudes right for the game. And what else are you hoping to get out of footy for the future? Um, I am hoping to get drafted, but um, I just think it's really made me a better person, a team-orientated person, and um, yeah, I just hope to keep becoming better at that. And you're talking about leadership. What do you? What's the most important thing you want to get out of that? Um, I think just improving my skills as a whole at that, um, making sure that I'm um, being a leader for the girls, not just um, yeah for myself. So yeah. And you mentioned wanting to develop your contested ball. Why do you think that's an area you want to work on? Uh, I think in the past um, I've got good skills and stuff but haven't been so aggressive at the ball, so I want to um, really use that to up my game. Excellent. Thank yeah. you. Awesome.
Thanks, Taylor. That's all right. Taylor Melky there speaking with Millie Brown from the Murray Bush Rangers here on the Final Siren podcast. A reminder to check out afl.draftcentral.com.au for all the insights and analysis across the NAB League boys and girls. Time to preview round six of the NAB League girls competition and we start with the Northern Knights and Gippsland Power kicking off at 12.45 on Saturday afternoon in Garfield, Pete. Yeah, it'll be good uh, to get the country game uh, down there. They uh, had a practice game there between the Power and Eastern Rangers in the preseason, so it'll be good for the local people of Garfield to get down and check that game out for some of the best talent in the league. In terms of tips, I look, they're at opposite ends of the ladder. I, I said last, obviously, just before Gippsland, tried real hard on the weekend, but as per my rule, you don't tip against Northern, really, so Northern it is. I'm going to go with Northern. Um, based on their position on the ladder, you can't really go against them. And that's why I'll be going for them as well with that insight there from Soph. Uh, also on Saturday at 12.45, these are all 12.45 starts, by the way, the Oakley Chargers are taking on the Murray Bush Rangers at Warrawee Park. Yeah, Oakley for me, I, I think they're just uh, a step above Murray uh you know, learning. They've got a few young players that are coming through that'll be good. I think they'll be competitive for probably most of the game, but I think Oakley will be too good in the end. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go Murray. Why not? Any reason, evidence? I mean, they're only behind Oakley because of Oakley's draw. And so I was looking at it. I was like, oh, yeah, seventh first, eh? I'll go seventh. No, I'm going eighth. Let's just go for it. I'm confused. Uh, Oakley, <laughs> Oakley charges to, to win for me to bounce back in round six. On Sunday at 12.45, back out at Epsom, uh, the Bendigo Pioneers are taking on the Dandenong Stingrays. This is the game I'm most looking forward to, I think. Uh, I think Bendigo are right up there uh, in terms of qu- overall quality. Dandenong probably have that bit more experience, bit bigger um, I'll bring out the Mr. 50-50 in this game again, but I will go Danny Nong because I said last week they're a challenger and I think they still are and I think they're just that little bit better. I think it'll be a goal or two the difference this game. I'm going to go with Bendigo. I just think if Snell puts on the same performance that she did this round, I reckon she's she's got it good. Bendigo have got it. Can I go to the draw? Can no. you go to the draw? <laughs> So that means we can ridicule you if it's anything else other than the deal. You do anyway. Um, <laughs> no, I, th- I think this is going to be even Stevens. Mm. Um, so that's why I'm going for the draw. Bendigo at home, Dandenong travelling. If, if it's a draw, we're not turning up next week, so <laughs> if we won't hear the end of it. <laughs> you, you, yeah, may as well, you won't turn up for the rest of the year because I'll be <laughs> constantly rubbing it in. Mm. Uh, the Eastern Rangers are taking on the Calder Cannons at 12.45 on Sunday. Yeah, this is actually. I just realised that might be the game of the round. That's that's a beauty. Uh, Eastern and Calder. Look, Calder obviously bounced back over in Bayswater. Eastern, I think, are like this underrated team that seem to be just chalking up the wins. I know they lost on the weekend, but they pushed Northern all the way. And I think over in Bayswater, having the home ground advantage might give them a, a little bit to think about. And I'm actually tipping Eastern in this game as a bit of an upset. I'm going to go with Calder. No reason. Just. <laughs> 
We've talked about this insight, haven't we? We have. <laughs> Who needs this a reason? Is, this is what you tune <laughs> Let me in. Do my chipping in peace. This is what you tune in for here on the uh, <laughs> Final Siren podcast. Uh, I'll be going Calder Cannons. I think uh, their reality check against the Oakley Chargers have just set them up uh, for a run towards the finals, and uh, they did well given that their first halves have been pretty poor. The last month, last weekend, they rectified that. So I'm going with the Calder Cannons. Also at 12.45 on Sunday afternoon. Not sure what the weather is up in Ballarat, but it is the GWV Rebels and Sandringham Dragons at Mars Stadium. Yeah, at home at Mars, I'm actually going to go GWV in this game. I know they haven't you know, managed to have too much luck since round one, uh, but I, I just feel they, they play that ground really well. I know they've had... Uh, they lost to Calder there, mostly due to uh, Georgie Press Parkers deciding to kick it back a seven, which really helped out. But uh, other than that, they, they always start really well up there, and I, I get the feeling that they're going to uh, get the job done here against Sandy, who they had a win last week. And I did sort of say that they were going to be top four this year. They've <laughs> not given me great confidence so far, I'll be honest. But, uh, look, I'll go with GWV because I just think at home they're going to uh, get it done in front of a home crowd. Well, like I said during my wrap, I think the Rebels had a really, really good game over the weekend. Um, that being said, I'm going to go Sandy. Um, they just w- weren't able to cement that win and um, keep the consistency up. But yeah, if they if they have a good second half, the way that they had a good first half last weekend, maybe they can do it, but I'm still going Sandy. Rebels for me. Uh, the Western Jets... Uh, taking on the Geelong Falcons, uh, the final game of round six at 12.45 on Sunday at Downer Oval, a.k.a. Williamstown Football Ground, as we discovered last week. As per my rule, Geelong, which is, you know, never tip against Geelong. They haven't proved me wrong yet. Haven't lost in a couple of years. Geelong it is. Yeah, safe to say I'm going to go Geelong too. But, like I said, Western did a really good job over the weekend. Their last quarter was great. Yeah, but but it, I don't s- think it will be enough against Geelong. It's not the 7th of April, though. Mm. That is very true. And, and you're calling me Mr. 50-50. There's some 50-50 work going on over there. <laughs> I'm always 50-50. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, no, I'll park that. Uh, the Geelong Falcons, for me as well, they're the dominant side of the competition. So why would you tip against them? That's round six of the NAB League Girls competition. And that's it for this edition of the Final Siren podcast. Keep an eye out for the NAB League boys review and preview coming out very shortly. Thanks, Pete. No worries. Good to be here. Thanks, Soph. Bye. I'm Matthew (laughs) Cox. We'll see you again soon here on the Final Siren podcast. Thanks to Draft Central. Reminder to check out draftcentral.com.au and the social social media channels, Pete. Yep, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Draft Central Oz AUS uh, to find out all the latest content. And I've, it's the second week in a row I've stuffed that up. That's all right. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll see you next time on the Final Siren Podcast. <laughs>